Hello and welcome to The Lancet Podcast. Richard Lane with you here on Friday, September the 30th. This week we focus on an article published online yesterday, Thursday, September the 29th, about a common health complaint worldwide, lower back pain. And this study, it is a research article, is looking at a new way in which lower back pain can be managed in primary care. Earlier I spoke to two, not one, but two authors of the study, both from the University of Kiel in the United Kingdom. And I began by asking Elaine Hay to give us some context to summarise the clinical dilemma in primary care concerning lower back pain, and also to tell us how, or if, previous primary care research has informed the way that back pain is currently managed. Hello, it's Elaine Hay here. Over the last decade or so, the good news is that there have been a number of high-quality trials carried out in primary care comparing treatments for non-specific low back pain and the findings from these trials have been incorporated into guidelines including the NICE guidelines for back pain. So the research has told us that certain treatments such as exercise, manual therapy, acupuncture and cognitive behavioral therapy are effective treatments for back pain. But the problem that we have, or one problem that we have, is that back pain is very common. Up to 9% of the population will visit their GP each year with back pain, and most of us will have an episode of back pain at some time in our lives. So it's impractical to refer everybody who consults with back pain for these treatments. And indeed, probably not everybody with back pain needs these specific treatments, and some people will get better on their own with simple self-management such as painkillers and advice and uh, advice to keep active. So going back to the research, one thing that the previous trials have done is take groups of patients with back pain and give the whole group a certain treatment. So for example, our previous back pain trial took a whole a group of people with non-specific back pain and gave them pain management and then another group of people with back pain and gave them manual therapy. And the outcome was compared in the two groups. And none of the previous trials, including our previous trial, have really tried to address the question of which patients do best with which treatment. So this has really been the step change with our current research study. And in this study, we specifically addressed that question and we wanted to find out whether you can identify groups of patients who really would get better with very little treatment and also the groups of patients who need more specific treatments such as physiotherapy or physiotherapy with, uh, with additional cognitive behavioral therapy. That has been the big difference in our current trial. Thank you very much. And uh, also joined by another author on the paper, that's uh, Dr. Jonathan Hill, also from the University of Kiel. Dr. Hill, we've obviously got a good overview there from Professor Hay. Do you want to just comment on the uh, the methodology? How did you pull this study together? Well, what we did is we approached uh, a number of GP practices in the local area. Um, there were 10 practices involved. We asked that every patient that consulted with a, a back pain would come along to an assessment clinic that we held where that initial decision about whether to send someone on for additional treatment or not would be made at this clinic rather than letting the GPs do that. So the GPs were doing a red flag triage for us. They were screening out any serious pathology. And those patients that didn't have a red flag problem could then be invited to come to clinic. And we used um, the read codes to identify patients um, that had the appropriate condition. And they came along to clinic. At the clinic, we consented patients, and then they were randomized through a telephone randomization process into either the stratified care arm 
or into the control intervention. If they were allocated the targeted treatment, stratified care, the physiotherapists who were doing that initial triage assessment used the Keel Start Back screening tool to inform their decision. Now that tool specifically allocates people into low, medium or high risk groups which are based on uh, the patient's prognosis using the, the screening tool information. Whereas if the patient was allocated to the controlled intervention, uh, the physiotherapists who were delivering that were unaware about the, the start back screening tool. They didn't know what the patient's score was. So they made their initial decision about whether or not to refer someone on to further treatment using their own clinical judgment completely unaware of the patient's uh, risk group. So I'm now just going to describe in a little bit more detail what happened to patients and what you could expect to happen if you're a patient who took part in the, in the trial. In the stratified care arm, let's take the example of a patient who on the Keel Start Back tool was classified as low risk. All those patients saw a physiotherapist. They had an examination by a physiotherapist and and an assessment of their physical condition. And they were given a good package of advice about how to self-manage their back pain, about how to take um, painkillers, about what they should do about going back to work. And that was backed up with a booklet, the back book, and they watched a 10-minute video about how to self-manage their back pain. That was all the treatment that group got, but of course they were told that if their condition got worse, then they should go back and see their GP. For the middle-risk group, the medium-risk group, and these were typically people with, um, with quite a lot of pain and interference from everyday activities from their back pain, as well as this initial assessment and advice that I've just described, they were also referred on for a course of physiotherapy, which could include exercises and manual therapy um, and a home exercise program. And then for the high-risk group, they also had this initial package of education, but they were referred on to physiotherapists who we had trained specially to be able to identify and treat psychological issues that they may have developed alongside their back pain. So this was a group of patients who who might be very distressed by their pain, who might be very frightened about moving because they were worried they would make things worse. They might have developed significant levels of depression. So the physiotherapists seeing these patients, as well as giving the usual sort of physiotherapy treatments of exercise and manual therapy also specifically address these more complex issues, which we call psychosocial risk factors. Let's talk now about the results, but just before Dr. Hill summarises the results, perhaps you could just explain how you measured improvements in the way patients responded, because that obviously is crucial to measurement of it. Thankfully, there are some internationally agreed health outcomes for clinical trials of low back pain which we were able to follow. It's recommended that you measure physical function because clearly that's important to patients. How does the back problem interfere with activities of daily living, such as walking and and dressing? And we used a validated questionnaire called the Roland and Morris Disability Questionnaire to do that. And we also had measures of their emotional function. We used something called a catastrophizing scale, and we also used a scale that looks at the extent to which patients are fearful about uh, movement and activity because of their back problem. We also asked patients about their pain intensity, their quality of life. We looked at how much time they'd taken off work due to their back problem. What was their overall assessment of improvement? 
and we looked at treatment satisfaction and an economic evaluation which used the Euroqual to help us determine patients' quality of life-adjusted years. We were measuring outcomes both at four months and 12 months so that we could see how people did over time. So at four and 12 months, we found that there were significant improvements in patients' uh, disability outcomes, their physical function on the Roland and Morris Disability Questionnaire, which was our primary outcome. But it wasn't only the primary outcome where we were seeing these statistical improvements. We were also seeing those in terms of patients' fear levels, in terms of the amount of time off work patients were taking, their global improvement ratings, their satisfaction, and their quality of life. Also, in terms of the health economic outcomes, what we found was that the stratified care approach was also significantly cheaper to deliver, despite the fact that slightly more patients in that approach ended up having physiotherapy. Over the course of a year, to the, um, from a healthcare perspective, we were still saving around £34 per patient using the stratified model compared to existing practice. And from a societal perspective, we were seeing uh, an additional improvement for patients of £675. And could you just finally summarise what you think the clinical implications are here in primary care and also what's next for uh, research in this area? So we believe that the findings from this study have the potential to change the way that back pain is managed in primary care. We hope that our findings will improve the efficiency of referring patients to physiotherapy, so GPs referring patients to physiotherapy. I think one of the surprising things about our study and one of the ways in which it differs from a lot of previous research is that not only was our new approach more effective than current best practice, but it was also cheaper. And it's very unusual to get that combination. On that basis, I think not only is our new approach better for patients, but it's also better for society and the health service in that in the long run, if it's implemented, it could save the health service money. So in a nutshell, I think what our research has tried to get at is finding a simple way of making sure that the right person gets the right treatment when they see their GP with an episode of back pain. Dr Hill, any concluding thoughts from you? In terms of where we see this going in the future, the big question is about implementation. We've looked at an experiment here, a randomised control trial, where everything's been fairly carefully controlled. What we really want to know is, well, what are the big barriers out there in clinical practice to implementing this kind of approach? We've been very fortunate in that we've been funded uh, to conduct an implementation study at Keel, and that work's being led by uh, Professor Nadine Foster, and uh, we should have the results uh, in the next six months or so for that. What we've done there is we've been able to go into five GP practices in Cheshire and ask those GPs to use the stratified care model, to use the screening tool and then to try and follow the pathways in terms of uh, where patients go and whether they're referred. We're very much looking forward to the results of that because it'll inform us about what are the difficulties, what are the barriers to being able to roll this out across other primary care trusts in the UK. Well, many thanks indeed to Professor Hay and also Dr Hill for their insights into the lower back pain study published online by The Lancet on Thursday, September the 29th. And do look out for the comment alongside this article, which reviews the study favourably, and that's by Bart Coos from the Erasmus University Medical Centre, Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Well, that's all for this week's podcast. Many thanks for listening. See you next time.